Hi friends, welcome to the FBC Tuttle podcast. Thanks for joining us this week. We are so glad you're here. Each week on our podcast, you'll hear messages from our pastor, Brother Marty Williams. If you'd like to join us for worship, we meet every Sunday at 1045 a.m. Central in Tuttle, Oklahoma and online at fbctuttle.net. Now, let's get started. What a great testimony that is. Through it all, it is well with my soul. This morning, as, uh, as I was in here before the service restarted, Brother Leroy Bailiff walked in. And uh, those of you may not know, Leroy's having back surgery tomorrow. And uh, so he walked in and I said, uh, Leroy, I'd just be praying for you tomorrow with your back surgery. Hope they get you all fixed up. And he said, uh, it doesn't matter. It is well with my soul. That's not exactly what he said, but that's what he meant. And uh, what a great testimony that is. That should be the testimony of all of us who are saved by the grace of God. Right? That no matter what, through it all, it is well with my soul. You know, last week we celebrated Easter. And uh, many people came to church and, and many others, you know, went went elsewhere to church to be with loved ones, and I think all of that is great. It's a good thing. Uh, it's kind of something that we do, right? You go to church somewhere, be with family on Easter. Uh, lots of family get-togethers, lots of Easter egg hunts, lots of barbecues and other celebrations and fun, and uh, it's all a good thing. You know, and as I, as I thought about Easter church services, you know, over the years in, you know, all the churches that I've been involved in, this one and, and others, you know, that, that Easter is always a, a big day, right, for church. I, rem- I remember back when Brenda and I were fairly newly married, we went to a fairly good-sized church in Norman, and I'm telling you, the Easter productions were like unbelievable. I worked sound in those days, helped in the booth upstairs, and man, we'd have 20 microphones set up and a drama scene over here and a drama, I mean, just, I mean, you know what I mean, right? I mean, a lot of churches still do that, and I think it's a glorious thing. Our church has put on dramas and plays and musicals, and music's always an important part of our Easter service as we sing about the the resurrection of Christ, and uh, and it's a, it's a great great, great thing. You know, when we, last week in our service, we took time to talk about far more than just the resurrection. We took time to talk about the upper room and the Garden of Gethsemane and the the trials that Jesus went through and the beatings and the mockings, finally his death by crucifixion that he faced. We talked of him being forsaken by his father as he took on the sin of the world and the reactions by the guard that surely this was the Son of God. Talked about Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus who were followers of Jesus and asked for his body to take care of it. And then the angels and the women at the tomb as it was discovered that he was not there. He had arose. All of the testimony of the witnesses that, you know, that, that, uh, that he appeared to, and, and uh, we 
talked about the promises that he made to send the Holy Spirit and his command to the disciples to preach the gospel, right? To, to make disciples of all nations and baptize them and teach them. And we even talked a little bit about his teaching about going to heaven and preparing a place for his followers and his second coming return. We, uh, all of it, was straight out of Scripture. Most of it that we, you know, that Caleb, Caleb and I did was just Bible. I mean, it was, it was reading Scripture. And, um, and it's true. All of it's true. And, uh, and I guess I want to, today, I want, I want to follow up on it just a little bit. Because in, in many of our Easter services, whether they're the drama portraying the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ, or whether they're Easter musicals, or whether even just the reading of Scripture like what we did last week, we talk about the elements, the details, the features of those times. We talk about the garden and the disciples and the betrayal and all all of those kind of things, but this morning... I want to talk a little bit more about what that means to us. Not just the details of it. Because you see, the details are out there for everybody. You know, the, the fact of the resurrection is one of the most historical facts that, of, of antiquity that there is. I mean, over 500 people could testify that he was there. Right, And it's for everybody. We, we preach it and we dramatize it and we sing about it. And people come so that they might understand and they might know that, that it's real for everybody. But you see, for the believer, for those of us who have been born again by the Holy Spirit of God into a new life with Christ, it means some other stuff too. And uh, so that's a little bit about what I want to uh, what I want to talk about today. You know, and you know, I struggled with what to call this. Right? I started out calling it the benefits of the resurrection. And can I tell you that that ben- the word benefits just doesn't it doesn't really do it. Right? Um, you know, years and years ago, I was a sales and marketing guy. I had spent 20 years in business and sales and marketing and we often talked in marketing about having features right and benefits and and there's kind of a sense in which our discussion of the crucifixion and the resurrection was talking about features right and today this is about the benefits right this is about what it means to us who believe and it is specific you know, to us who believe. I want, to start, I want to start with an invitation to you almost. You know, the book of Romans can pretty well easily be divided into two parts. Chapters, Romans chapters 1 through Romans chapter 11 are, is, is Paul's uh, dissertation of theology and doctrine uh, it has as its core, you know, the overarching theme that um, uh, 
the, the glorious truth that God justifies guilty, condemned sinners by grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. And, uh, you know, he spends 11 chapters unpacking that and talking about that. And I'm going to do a little bit of that this morning, but not a lot. But then we get to chapter 12. And in chapter 12, he says this, right? He says, uh, I beseech you, or I urge you, therefore, brethren, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present yourself, your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, what he's saying is, when you know the doctrine and the right theology, right, then you put that to practice by the way that you live. And, um, and that's... That's my goal. That's, that's my hope and prayer for us today. Is that by understanding some of the benefits or results of the resurrection of Jesus, that we might commit ourselves anew to a fresher, fresh walk with Him. Amen? All right, benefit number one. Pretty elementary. It is the forgiveness of sin. One of, the, one of the benefits of the resurrection of Jesus in the life of the believer is the forgiveness of sin. The Bible says in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says that he was handed over to die. Have we got that on the screen by any chance, Matt? He was handed over to die because of our sins. And he was raised to life to make us right with God. I think that, that sometimes as we live as believers in the, in the knowledge that God has in his grace given us a new life through believing in his son, we sometimes lose sight of what that salvation cost. And the reality, you know, why did we need to be saved to begin with? And the hard cold reality is that is that we're sinners and we in no way can come into the presence of God by ourselves Romans chapter 3 verse 23 you know we use we use the book of Romans oftentimes in in what we call the Roman road, sharing the gospel with somebody. And the gospel always starts with people with understanding that your sin has separates you from God. And Paul tells everybody, he says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You see, that's what those scribes and Pharisees didn't understand. They didn't understand that no matter what they did, that their sin was keeping them from Almighty God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but, greatest but in all the world, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
There's two great truths presented in this verse. First is the paycheck for your sin is spiritual death. Separation from heaven and almighty God. But the second great truth is this. Eternal life is the gift of God for those who believe in his son. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, especially 9 and 10, tell us how. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You know, my John MacArthur study Bible has it in its notes at the bottom of that. It says that, that this is not just a simple acknowledgement that he is God and Lord of the universe since even demons acknowledge that to be true. But this is the deep personal conviction that Jesus is my master and sovereign in my life. The phrase includes repenting from sin, trusting in Jesus for salvation, and submitting to Him as Lord. I pray that that's your attitude and the testimony of your life today. Let's get back to Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was handed over to die because of our sins, and he was raised to life to make us right with God. The resurrection of Jesus, you see. The reason that the resurrection of Jesus is proof that our sins are forgiven. The resurrection of Jesus proves that almighty and just God accepted Jesus' payment on the cross for my sin. Writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 9 says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And you see, when Jesus was resurrected, when Jesus was resurrected, it was God saying, I accept your death and your blood, Jesus, as a substitute for guilty sinners who trust and believe in you. And that is such glorious, glorious good news. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. One benefit of the resurrection is his forgiveness of sin. Thank you, Jesus, for giving yourself for me. Thank you, God, for sending your Son to be a worthy sacrifice to die in my place. Amen? Resurrection is proof that we've been forgiven. Second benefit of the resurrection that I'd like to speak to is this. Because of the resurrection of Jesus... We have the power to live our lives in the present. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have power to live our lives in the present. Lives that can be lived in 
full of contentment, fulfillment, joy, peace. We have the power to live as God intends us to live for, for His glory, useful for His kingdom, in freedom, because of the resurrection of Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 13, right? One of the most popular Bible verses, right? That I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. This is after the resurrection of Christ. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He said, I have had much, I have had little. I have been in prison, I've been free. I've had this, I've had, I've had much, I've had nothing. And he says, it doesn't matter. Because in all circumstances of life, I have Christ who strengthens me. Listen to how the writer of Hebrews puts it. I love this. In Hebrews chapter 4, beginning in verse 14, the writer of Hebrews says this, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then he says this, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Do you, see the, do you see the picture of the, the writer of Hebrews? He calls Jesus, right, the, the great high priest and that, has, that has passed through the heavens. Okay, and I mean, that may sound a little odd. But if we think about the, the Old Testament, the, the Old Testament temple and, and how things were done, once a year, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies on the Day of Atonement. To sprinkle blood on the mercy seat for the forgiveness of sin. Every year, for generation upon generation upon generation, new blood was sprinkled on the mercy seat for the forgiveness of sin. The priest would walk through the outer court, the inner temple, and finally into the Holy of Holies. And he says, Jesus, our great high priest, who passed through the heavens. Think about that. Think about that, that, that day that Jesus ascended before the, the disciples. As he, as he passes through the atmosphere and then through space. And finally, into the throne room in heaven. Where there was the real mercy seat. Where his blood was sprinkled for the forgiveness of sin. Never again. Never again. Jesus' blood paid the price for all sin, for all men, for all mankind, for all time. Past, present, future. The blood of Jesus is enough for those who believe and trust in it. And, and the, the writer of Hebrews, with that in his mind, I believe, right? With that on his mind, says, therefore, let 
us come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, our Savior, we are invited to come boldly to the throne that we may find help in time of need. And you know what? We all, at times, have need. All of us. You know, just this week, I uh, was texting a friend whose wife was in the hospital. And I just sent a text that said, you know, how's your wife doing? And, and, I, get, and I get this text back. And can I just tell you, I don't know how many messages I'm going to preach on this. But it's going to be a lot. So you might as well get ready. I've already preached one. But, but his response was this. He said, she feels a little better, but mentally down, needs some good news. And I just, as I thought about that in his context, and then, and then in everybody's context, ain't that the truth? Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay, doing okay, little down, could use some good news. Can I give you some good news? Resurrected Jesus is on His throne. And we are invited to come before Him in times of need to receive mercy and grace. Can I just tell you, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. Because of the resurrection of Jesus, we have power to live in the present Finally, a third benefit of Jesus' resurrection, and it's this, a hope for the future. A hope for the future. Can you imagine the hopelessness that those disciples felt after spending three years with Jesus? They had walked away from their fishing boats, from their their means of making a Livelihood, Matthew was a tax collector. We had fishermen. I, you know, we don't know what all of them did. But, but they left it. They left it all behind to follow Jesus. He was their leader. He was their provider. He was their protector. He was, he was everything. And then he died. Can you imagine? Between that Friday afternoon... At 3 o'clock and early that Sunday morning, what they must have felt like. The hopelessness, the helplessness. In fact, we know they went fishing. But (laughs) then he was back. He was back. He was alive, really alive. Here, touch my hands. He was alive. And, and he told them, right? He, was, he, 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 he said I, he's eternally alive. He's not ever going to die again. And he told them, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he would be present with them for the rest of their lives. And then at the end of that, He said, I go to prepare a place for you. 
that where I am, you may be also. And all of a sudden, I mean, everything changed. Everything changed. These guys, they weren't scared anymore. They weren't fearful anymore. They weren't confused anymore. Right? It didn't matter what life brought because they had a home in heaven. It didn't matter. You know, we, I don't think we hang on to eternity, many of us, like what we, uh, like what we could and, and should. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 says this. He says, by the power, by his power, God raised the Lord from the dead. And he will raise us also. Do you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? It's, I mean, it's hard to think about, but you know what? One day we'll all rise. One day every person, every person will rise. Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 25, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory and all nations will be gathered before Him. And He will separate them from one another. As a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and He will set the sheep on His right hand and the goats on His left and then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those that have been saved will be raised again to glory. Inherit the kingdom of God. Then he says, and he will also say to those on his left hand, Depart from me, you accursed into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Amen. You know, we, we end with those that do not believe, that are going to reject the good news that Christ died for them, the good news that that by trusting and believing in Him, that they can have eternal life, and they reject that and spend eternity in hell. But that's not the way it is for the believer. For those who have trusted in the Lord. Because of the resurrection of Christ, we can know that our sins are forgiven, that we have power to live this life, no matter what, and that we have an eternal hope for the future. And it ought to change the way we live. And for a created human being, can I just tell you, it, it just doesn't get any better. But it's only for the redeemed children of God. For those that have trusted in the work of Jesus, and dependent, Upon our high priest, Jesus, the Son of God. I'm going to give an invitation. Remember where I started. I started this with, I, started this with, uh, I told you that, that I was going to give an invitation at first because Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, right? 
says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since all of this is true, since all of this is true, he says, I beseech you by the mercies of God to present your bodies or to present yourselves as a sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. Some translation says, which is your reasonable service of worship. See, worship is a lifestyle. And then, and then he adds to that, right? Not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Jesus was resurrected, and we have the ability and the power to be transformed. And it should change the way that we live. Hey friends, before you go, if you have a prayer request, we invite you to send us an email at prayforyou@att.net. That's P-R-A-Y, the number four, Y-O-U at att.net. Or call the church office at 405-381-2492. If you'd like to learn more about our children's, youth, men's, women's, or senior adult ministries, visit our website at fbctuttle.net. Thanks again for joining us today. We love you and we hope you have a blessed week.